Thanks for downloading this episode of Cork Talk with me, Tim Atkin. A weekly conversation with some of the most famous people in the world of wine. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Nomacork by Vinventions. Driven by a commitment to innovation, the new plant-based Nomacork Green Line offers significant improvements in wine closure performance. Thanks to a rigorous oxygen ingress rate, you can decide which cork is best for your wine, whether it's for young and fresh wines or for those with ageing potential. Born in England but based in Chile for the last 15 years, Matt Wilson has been described as the bad boy of wine photography, famous for his surreal images of winemakers wielding chainsaws, among other things. Over the course of a fascinating interview, we discuss his use of light, both natural and artificial, his favourite places to visit with a camera, some tips for amateur photographers, and why he hates what he calls holding a bottle shots. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hi, Tim. Not bad. Pretty good. Where are you? In Chile, I, I assume? I'm in Chile in uh, Colchawa, just uh, yeah. in a little place called uh, Cunaco, or Con- Cunaquito. Cunaquito, even smaller than Cunaco. Yeah. <laughs> You've been out of the camera this morning? Uh, no, I haven't this morning. I've been trying to fix my uh, emails. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Uh, but you're the first photographer I've ever had on this show. And I, I mean, I love your work. It's absolutely amazing. And it's so distinctive. Um, so it's great. You know, I mean, I, as, a, as, a, as a, an aspiring photographer myself, I look up to you. So I'm going to hope I'm going to learn something from <laughs> talking to you. Uh, <laughs> maybe. First, well, first question is, I want to know, when did you first pick up a camera? I mean, did you remember as a kid? Uh, well, I do. Um, and I'm old now. But um, uh, it, I was a teenager, 14, 15. Um, and it, my, my dad was always into taking photos and he, he was always sort of look here, look left, me and my sisters. And, you know, when we went on holiday and, and I thought, I, I think I probably stole one of his cameras and um, <laughs> tried to, and it, it was literally, I was trying to just look cool, me and my friends, like, let's do this and let's sort of climb over this wall and, and take <laughs> photos and see if we look good. So that sort of was my beginnings. I mean, were you a visual person as a kid more than a words person, or maybe both? I don't know. Um, well, it's funny because both my parents are writers, and my dad was a publisher and taught Shakespeare, so that, that they're word people. Um, and I was always not very good at <laughs> writing, or felt I wasn't very good. So, um, so I, I think yes, I was more, much more visual. Yeah. I mean, you went on to study photography in New York, didn't you? The International Centre of Photography, I think it's called. Uh, I just wondered, you know, is photography something that can be taught? Because a lot of the great photographers had no formal training. I mean, they might have worked as assistants sometimes, but they weren't academically trained. I just thought, you know, is a good eye something you're born with or can you can you be taught it? Can you develop it? Um, well, I think you're kind of, you're born with an eye. You, you've, you know, I think, or, or, you know, whatever art you're into, photography, painting, music or something, you've got to have something there. Um, but you get taught how to sort of develop it. You know, I, I'd have an eye, but I didn't know how to light something or how to compose. You know, with, you know, you learn the rules of composition and then you break them all. But it's it's always that sort of old cliche of learn the rules, then break them. Is, uh, yeah. So that's quite. There was that quite useful doing that. Yes, I think so. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, have you, did you leave New York and thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, I've, I've, so you've learnt your craft in a sense or the techniques and then you can just kind of do your own thing, right? 
Yeah, um, I mean, I'd, I'd actually was was a photographer before I studied. I was working for some sort of local music magazines and skateboard magazines in Brighton. Um, and then I thought, I, I really should learn what I'm doing. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's that's when I went and studied, sort of later than... Um, than I should have, I suppose. Um, but it was it was definitely very helpful. Yeah, I could. Um, and how long did you spend there in New York? Well, I was in New York uh, a couple of years, mm. um, and uh, it, it and New York's such a great. You know, it's probably my favourite city in the world, um, and uh, it's a great place to. You know, and I, I was when I was studying, it was sort of black and white documentary photography. Mm. So New York's pretty good. You just take a camera out in a street and you've got a million things happening um, and it's like, like well, no, exactly. it's like the, the you know the shot in manhattan isn't it the woody allen film you know with the bridges and everything and exactly, the exactly. bridge i can't remember but anyway i just wondered i mean because i know you 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 look at lots of other people's photographs and maybe you studied them when you were doing that course i mean who are the photographers whose work has inspired you you know is, is there one in particular other group of them I mean, if I was to say my favourite photographer, it would be Robert Kappa. Um, war photographer. War photographer. Mostly, yeah. uh, mostly a war photographer. Um, and, you know, one of the founders of, of Magnum. Um, and I think it was actually him that came up with the name, um, drinking a Magnum and champagne with Carter Bresson and, and uh, Philip uh, Roger, was it? Um, um, but he, his work, he sort of did this very low-angle very dramatic um, shots, and he was a bit of a party head as well, mm. which um, <laughs> which I liked. Um, but his, you know, I just like his work. Just struck me. Um, you, as, you probably need to be a bit of a party head to be a war photographer. You've got to be slightly crazy. I mean, you know, because you're you're there with a camera to get good shots. You kind of need to be in the front line, don't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, Kappa came up with uh, if it's not good enough, you're not close enough. That was one of his sayings if the photograph's not good enough you're not close enough um and he i mean another he's not a photographer but another war artist and um, i think it was kappa who said he's the original war artist hmm. was goya who i'm sure you know who goya yes. is Spanish the black war. paintings amazing yeah they? and very dramatic very moving and you knew the guy was there um in those in those battles probably um but you know, and, and I think I wanted to be a war photographer uh, at one point for a very little time. I think in 91, I was in Yugoslavia in 91, just as things were getting hairy. And I actually applied to, do, to stay as a, as a war photographer. Um, and then I sort of chickened out, <laughs> which I'm glad I did now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you look at some of those Kappa photographs of the D-Day landings and of the Spanish Civil War and, and those sorts of things. I mean, it must be pretty scary to be in the front line just with a camera when the bullets yeah. are flying around you. I mean, you can't even fire back, can you? I mean, yeah, <laughs> no. And, and you think, you know, all the war photographers, they're all kind of screwed up a bit. And they're, and they're all saying, we think we're protected looking through a piece of glass. Yeah. Um, and and, they're not. and there's, a, you know, the list of war photographers who've, who've died is, yeah. is horrendous. No, absolutely. I wonder how you describe your own style. I mean, somebody, I think it was our mutual friend Amanda Barnes described you as the bad boy of wine photography. <laughs> you know, but I think I love your stuff. Sometimes it's surreal, sometimes it's crazy, sometimes it's left field, but also sometimes it's actually very tender. I mean, you, you, you might not like to hear that. 
I just wonder. I mean, you, it's not like one style, is it? I mean, you, you, I like the way you kind of move in and out of styles. I mean, some pictures I look at them, I think that's a map photograph. You know, it's bonkers. It's somebody's, you know, setting fire to something or blowing something up <laughs> or attacking it with a chainsaw or something. But sometimes, like that picture, you know, some of the pictures you take of of of, of people uh, are really lovely. I think. I mean, they're actually my favourite photos. They're mm. they're the ones I I prefer. Um, and, and that, that means a lot to me hearing, you know, those tender photos and, and they're the people when I go to these wineries that I kind of always, I, you know, I, and I always think I probably shouldn't say this, but you know, the owners are often these, you know, millionaires who go to the vineyard once a year mm. and don't really know anything about wine, but you get the guy, the vineyard workers, um, who've lived next to a vineyard for 40, 50 years. And they know that ground they know those vines better than mm. anyone um and they're the people i really like I, I i took a shot a couple of weeks ago at coily mm. i was i was there to shoot um totti you, you know uh, cristobal the, the owner and the winemaker yeah, yeah. and and yeah. he introduced me to this mad guy don uh, don neno or something and he was just this crazy guy and cristobal you know said to me this is the guy who really owns the vineyard this guy knows more than me he bosses me around um so they're, they're the people I sort of like to, to meet and, and photograph. Yeah. Um, I mean, you started out, you mentioned this briefly, you know, doing music, fashion, skateboarding. Um, but these days, you're pretty much focused on wine, aren't you? I mean, how did you make the switch? Um, it, <laughs> it was through marriage, through, through love. The reason I mean, is any, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I moved to Chile because I met, met my now wife, who, who's a winemaker, Andrea Leon. Um, and, you know, I knew nothing, nothing about, well, I still don't really know much about wine, but I, you know, I'd been a music and a skateboard photographer and I came to Chile and the music scene here wasn't, wasn't doing much for me. Mm. Um, and so I, I photographed what I knew. All the people Andrea knows or knew are wine people, owners, winemakers, growers. So those were the people I met and those were the places I went to. Um, so I started photographing that, but I used kind of my skateboard and fashion and music kind of skills or whatever. sensibility in a way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, and probably that's why, um, how I got into wine. I mean, the first mm. competition I won was the portrait of Grant Phelps that I shot 15 years ago, looking through a glass of Sauvignon Blanc with an extreme wide lens. Mm. Um, and it won a competition in Decanter. Um, and that got me sort of known, like people like, oh, yeah, Ollie Smith sort of mm. contacted me and, hey, you that guy who shot that photo. Um, so that was... <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, is, is the wine world so different from the music world? I mean, they've both got rock stars in a way, haven't they? But I mean, there's not, not quite as much drugs in the wine world. I, don't know. <laughs> I might be wrong. But... <laughs> um, I mean, it, you know, it's funny because it, it's, it's, you're photographing something that isn't, there to be it's not a photographic it's not a visual thing like wine is a, is a taste mostly the music is a sound um probably skateboarding and fashion are more visual um yes. make more sense in a way mm. but i i never think of it i don't think of myself as a wine photographer i don't you know i, I think it's just something that I'm, I'm able to make money at strangely enough occasionally yeah. um and you know i i when I go to photograph someone, I don't think they're a winemaker. I don't think 
there, that's a bottle of wine. Right, I just think yeah. it could be anything, and I've got to light it. I mean, I, te- I, I think of myself as a portrait photographer above anything. Mm. So whatever I'm photographing, I think of it as, as, um, as a portrait. So I light it. You know, even if it's a landscape or a bottle of wine, mm. I'm thinking, how would I light that if it was, if it was a face, I guess? Mm. I mean, I know that your, your pet hate is what you call the holding a bottle shot. And I, I agree with that. It's amazing how often you go to take a picture of a winemaker and they automatically grab a bottle, almost like a security blanket or, or, a, or a, you know, a prop, really. Um, and I know that you feel that way about people with, with their noses in glasses. I mean, the, the Grant Phelps <laughs> shot was, was very unusual, obviously. I mean, why do you dislike those shots so much? I mean, it's, it's quite visceral with you, is that I get this idea yeah. that you're going to jump up and down and start shouting if people show you one of those photographs. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's very cliched to me. Um, and it's, you know, and I think, I think, you know, if you're in a one, you know, I, I've worked, photographed for over 40 magazines, probably, uh, in wine, and they're wine magazines. And I think if you if a photo of mine is in a wine magazine, chances are, the person in that photo is, a, is something to do with wine. So they don't need that glass or bottle to to show them. Obviously, all the marketing departments want the label and the bottle, yeah. and um, and and if you have to follow a brief, you've got to follow a brief. Mm-hmm. But the the nose in the glass is my most my most hated. And and there's a magazine I'm not going to name them in Chile who who I don't work for anymore, but they insist on every wine person winemaker with their nose in a glass so you see the tasting notes and there's 25 <laughs> photos all exactly the same and i'm like this is no. so bad <laughs> I, I mean i want when you turn up to do one of these shoots do you turn up with an idea in your head already or do you kind of look at the person and think okay this is the kind of person who i could you know put in this such such and such a situation do you kind of size up the person a bit or, or do you arrive thinking today i'm going to do a picture with somebody i don't know holding a tennis racket or halfway up a tree or you know standing on a trampoline i don't know whatever you feel like doing right i mean most of the time i'll i'll, I'll do some research and i'll think okay and i'll you know is this person up for anything yeah um are they you know i took some photos of uh marcelo pino uh um a sommelier one of chile's top sommeliers and he's a surfer so i took pictures of him surfing so i you know and it was you know so i'll do a bit of research find out what they're into but sometimes it's it is just on the cuff off the cuff is it on the cuff or off the cuff I yeah off the cuff, I suppose, off the yeah. cuff. <laughs> so you just turn up and you might see an interesting prop or something or yeah i I see something at the wine you know and wineries are pretty interesting you know hoses and Mm -hmm. big metal clamps and pumps and things there's there's a lot of stuff at a winery you can use the more than sitting on a barrel i also don't like sitting on barrel shots (laughs) no they're pretty bad i mean i find wineries generally quite hard to take pictures of because i mean okay if you've got nice light on barrels but they're kind of industrial spaces aren't they really i mean it's like taking a photograph in an aircraft hangar or something yeah um, they are. So I, I'll, you know, I look for something for a detail. Mm. Um, unless you've got one of these, you know, Burgundy Chateau, Bordeaux Chateaus <laughs> that can afford, you know, crazy, insane barrel rooms. Um, yes. but you know, probably my favorite wineries to photograph are these little things in Maui and in Itata. That's just some mad woman or mad guy who's just yeah. got the most dusty, dirty, Adobe 
collapsing building. And I just think, wow. I'm and you might have a, an old wooden press or something or, or yeah. old boxes and stuff, yeah. And it, it's dustier. Yeah, that's more yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, so, what's the craziest photo you've ever shot? Not just wine, but anything. Was it that Grant Phelps shot where he was taking a, a, a chainsaw to a barrel? <laughs> Well, that was pretty mad. That was that was the most wine I've ever used or wasted. I, I feel bad saying this. I mean, we I think we used fifteen hundred liters of wine. Wow, so that's like two thousand bottles or something. I don't know. Um, and um, what was we, the wine? Any good? Well, we it was just a really crappy wine. But oh, I right. got a lot of I got a lot of grief for that, and we had to get special permission from uh, the winery Casa del Bosque. Um, to, to be able to do that. You can't just explode wine. Um, and we had a high pressure pump into the barrel um, and Grant <laughs> chainsawing it. And I, I lost a MacBook Pro and a, and, a, and a letter. It cost me in insurance about six grand or something. I had so to you're insured for, for wine going all over your MacBook Pro, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and I, apparently I wasn't supposed to tell them exactly. You know, I was honest. I thought, well, I'll be honest. I, I chainsawed through a barrel of wine and it it drowned my MacBook. And they were like, you know, like the guy at the insurance was like, maybe not <laughs> tell us that. <laughs> um, but that was, um, yeah, I think that was the craziest. And, and it was, and, and we were like so stoked with the photos. I sent them to the chainsaw. The photos company, are amazing. Yeah. You know, and I, I sent an email to the, the I can't remember the, the Swedish chainsaw company. And I said, look at these photos. Why don't you buy them for a campaign? And I got this huge email back, which I must dig out one day, explaining how we'd broken every self, uh, health and safety rule ever in we weren't wearing the right glasses splinters of wood and they were like we really don't want our chainsaws used for this please don't ever do that photo again i mean one of your quotes and i think you may be quoting somebody else is that the extremes create an impression yeah i mean what what do you mean by that was i suppose that's an example of that is if you're chainsawing a barrel (laughs) i mean it comes from it comes from an 80s film i'm sure you've seen i love this film it's called heathers yeah Um, yeah and it's Christian Slater yeah. plays this character. Set in a school, isn't it? Yeah, yeah set in a school. Yeah. And, um, and at one point in the film, he says the extreme creates an impression. And that stuck in my mind. And, and I think he's right. So, you know, people remember photos. You know, people remember that chainsaw photo. Um, people remember, you know, I took a photo of Grant, another one. He's punching a bottle of wine or smashing mm. a bottle of wine in his head. Um, <laughs> And and a, 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 I can't name the wine producer, but a, a big, big Chilean wine producer said to me, "Your photograph, your photography is an insult to the wine industry." Of which I replied, "So's your wine." Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you definitely can't tell me who it is then, because it probably gets sued. Um, but I said, "But you remember it?" I said, "I took that photograph, you know, fifteen years ago, and you remember it, so my job's done." Yeah. Um, that. So that's, I mean, you're, it's like you're almost deliberately pushing at boundaries, right? I mean, you're thinking, what's what's the craziest thing I can do yes. uh, and, and get away with it, really? I mean, despite the chainsaw company coming back and saying they didn't want to use the picture. Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I you know, um, I do try and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it's bravado. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's slightly surreal in a way, isn't it? I mean, it's. It, 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 or punk? Could we say it's punk? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I was a teenager when punk came out, 
And, uh, and, and my sister was, my sister took me to my first seven gig when I was about 11. Um, stiff little fingers, you know. Oh, great! And I was eleven. See them? I was terrified. and thought I'm about to die. Um, and my parents were not happy. But, and um, were you pogoing up and down in a bin liner and no, shaking at the back? My my sister was pogoing up and down, but I was just terrified at the back, like, oh my god, what is this? Um, but then, then I sort of yeah, punk. I'm not wondering with these extreme shots you do, uh, has anybody refused to do what you've asked of them? I mean, you've said that you kind of do a bit of research and you think, is somebody up for this? I just wonder, you know, has anyone refused? And, and how? tell us a bit more about how you establish a connection with somebody, you know, because I think that's very important for, a, for, a, for a, a portrait photographer, isn't it, is how you get somebody to trust you. And I, I always find you don't want the, the, the grin, the rictus grin. Oh, yeah. People immediately go for the rictus grin. And I, I mean, I did a portrait photography once and the, the very good photographer there, she just said, the last thing you want in your photograph is people smiling because it's their default, you know, reaction. Anyway, yeah. sorry to go on. I ask you the question. You're, you're yeah, being no. interviewed, not me. That's <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah. that, make, that makes sense to me. It's very, um, I, I, although laughing is good, I saw a, an artist interviewed on the BBC, I can't remember her name, and she paints people portraits collapsing in laughing. And she said she likes that complete abandonment of control. When you're really laughing, yeah. you've got no control over it, over your face. Um, and I kind of, I really like that. Um, but I, you know, I'll, I'll and, and my Spanish is absolutely horrible still after 18 years here. Terrible. You know, everyone's always like, well, Tim comes over and speaks perfect Spanish. And I'm like, oh, God damn, Tim. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's me and Brett Jackson, the two, the two gringos with the worst Spanish. <laughs> but has anyone ever refused to do something when you've got there? Have you got something wrong? I've had a couple of very tough I, I can't name the tough. I've had the toughest photo I ever took in my life. Portrait was here. I can't name him, but he absolutely. There was nothing, nothing between us. Mm. Um, and and you you know and and I'll do it. You know, I mean, I, I recently did a shoot for um, uh, someone, someone, um, not Santa Rita, but Avina San Pedro. Um, and while we were planning the shoot, they said, how, you know, and well, actually they were saying, how are you going to get people to laugh? Mm. And I just said, well, I'll speak Spanish to them. And then, <laughs> then they're going to laugh. <laughs> I said, it's my, it's my default sort of thing. Matt speaks Spanish. Everyone's going to laugh. Um, well, that breaks the ice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but a lot of Chileans, you know, going back to the workers in the vineyard, they've quite often never been photographed mm. or not photographed much. And they, they actually, you know, you say, you know, can I take your photo? And they're really like, wow, you know, mm. and it's a humbling thing. Um, and, and that kind of helps. And I, you know, you just, you, you joke around a bit and, yeah. and it, it, but it's always different. It's always different. Yeah. And I think so, some winemakers, particularly the ones who get photographed a lot, almost have a sort of visual shtick, don't they? That they, they kind of take the same pose or, you know, they, 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 they do something quite similar. It's quite difficult to, to, to trick them out of that or to jar them out of that by, by doing something else, you know? Yeah. Um, you, get, you know, and you do get that, you know, they'll automatically, like you said earlier, hold a bottle of wine and yeah. cradle it like a baby or kiss the bottle of wine. Sorry, yeah. I think there's a photo of you on your oh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but it's, it also helps, you know, that I found that I'm not, you know, I'm not a wine person. Mm. I'm not, you know, I like wine, obviously, and I and 
I probably know more than I let on. Yeah. But um, I, you know, they're kind of like, what, what wines do you like? And, and I never do tastings. Um, I remember uh, Michel Frio saying, you're the only person I've ever met in my life who's turned down a vertical of Almaviva. <laughs> and he actually likes that. It's like his, I think he sort of uses that story. Uh, um, very good. I mean, do you think of yourself, I think you kind of answered this as a, as a portrait photographer or landscape photographer, because you're very good at both. Uh, I mean, does, are they different skills in a way? Yeah. I mean, it, it took me a long time to feel comfortable with, with landscapes. Hmm. Um, I really just didn't get how to shoot a landscape for a long time. Um, and vineyards kind of helped a lot. Vineyards, you know, they can be very flat and boring. Um, but a lot of, you know, especially in Chile, when you've got mountains and hills and, and trees growing in the middle and, mm. and stuff, you can, you know, and you just focus on something like if you're doing a portrait, you'll focus on the eyes. Yeah. Nine times out of 10. Mm. So in, when I'm shooting, you know, like I said, when I'm shooting a landscape, I think, oh, well, that tree could be an eye. Mm. Um, and I try and sort of mold it into the shape of a face i don't know if that makes sense i often think i mean you look at somebody like like kevin judd who you probably know who who you know is a new zealand photographer and wine a very good winemaker and and he's very patient he's a very sort of measured guy and i get this image of him sort of sitting there for hours waiting for the light to change and i think i mean i don't know if that's true of all good photo- you know landscape photographers whether ansel adams did that sitting there for hours waiting you know for uh, i don't know a drop to fall off a melting snow to fall off a branch or something but it maybe it's a slightly more patient way of taking pictures is it i don't know definitely and i i have zero patience i mean i'm yeah. you know, adhd all the way and i'm with you <laughs> I, I, yeah i want to get it done right and and you know I, I we've never met uh but i i admire we follow each other and and you know and i remember when andrea did a tasting with him he didn't want to talk about wine he wanted to talk about <laughs> photos, <laughs> yeah, okay. which i always like that story i was like yeah forget wine <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about this earlier where I said that some of your best shots, your kind of tender shots, are these vineyard worker shots. You've just mentioned that, really. And you said that you like to show the pride in people. And I think that comes across their pride in their in their work and their lives, really. I just think, do you think it's the side of the business, uh, the production side, but no, not the winemaker side, but the, the vineyard side and the guys who are pulling the hoses or, the you know, the women who are picking grapes or pruning vineyards that's neglected by photographers and journalists? Uh, yes, hmm. I do. I um, I think it's it's not shown enough, and I think it, you know, and and it will be you'll go to a winery and the owner will be there and they've had their hair done and they're in their <laughs> you know fifty thousand dollar jeep that stays in Santiago eleven months of the year. Uh, I'm probably going to lose clients. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you know, it it for me, it, you know, it's the story side of it. Um, you know the the you know, it's like the guy that has literally lived in a little two-room house mm. and spent his whole life, you know, turning the soil. Yeah. He, he's more interesting than me, for, for me. Um, yeah, I th- I, certainly visually. I mean, they can often, often be very interesting in person as well to talk to. I mean, there's, a, there's very often a wisdom about people who've worked on the land for a long time that, that we don't have, you know, because it's yeah. not our lives, is it? You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're city boys, you know. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, yeah. I, I want to talk to you a bit more about, about light. Um, you know, light is obviously essential for any photographer. Do you prefer to work with natural light if you can? I mean, you're pretty comfortable using 
gizmos and 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 you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, much, much more than I am, you know, um, reflect, reflectors and all sorts of lighting rigs, um, which presumably you kind of learned when you're in New York and you've adapted since then. But given the choice, would you go natural light? Uh, it would. I mean, I pref- probably, you know, uh, my favourite photos are naturally lit. For my mm. favourite photos of mine and and other people's. But you know, a lot of my f- photos I need to light. You know, if I've got a freeze wine at eight thousandths of a second i need to use um i need help with the light but certainly i think you know natural light i think is 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 much nicer my, i mean my favorite light of all is is moonlight the light mm. of a full moon and, and what people tend to do is oh it's a full moon i'll photograph the moon don't don't fo- that's a waste photograph the light that moon is creating mm. because it's it, it, a gorgeous light moonlight is is by far the purest cleanest light i think that's interesting um, and, and and you you have to you do that with a with with a tripod do you yeah i mean i've done one hour exposures and things like that <laughs> um wow yeah yeah uh, well you've got i mean who was edward weston the f64 yeah. club he, he they did 48 hour exposures and things like that um so <laughs> um Chile is the place to do nighttime photography, isn't it? I mean, you know, amazing stars. I mean, not if you're in Santiago where it's polluted, but out where you are in Colchagua, you're in the countryside, aren't you? I mean, Colchagua is gorgeous, but then you go, you know, go to Elqui or the Atacama. That's, you know, that, that's where they've got all these telescopes because it's um, so, so clean. You know, yeah. there's no, oh, suddenly they found a dump of clothes in the Atacama. I don't know. Um, mm. Did you see that on the news? They, well, it's probably somebody disappeared or something horrible. Like no, that, no, they it? found ton, hundreds of tons of unsold clothes have just been dumped in the Atacama. Oh, wow. It, it was on the BBC. Google that. It was like horrific. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's going to affect the light, but it's, well, it's well, certainly not good. You hope not. Yeah. No. And what about kit? I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I, I went on a course recently and somebody was telling me all about their kit you know which kit they got which lenses and they know all this stuff about you know the f-stops and all these various things and and, and the glass and all that. And, and i've got i'm the faintest clue frankly um i mean you know i know what lens i like and i and i know what camera i've got and i know how to use it i mean w- w- what do you use i mean and, and how important is kit to a photographer um i mean i nothing i use is new i'm not one of these oh there's a new camera there's a new lens um uh, you know, probably my newest bit of kit is a three and a half year old camera. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I, yeah, I have a lot of cameras and I have a lot of lenses, but that's mm. from 30 years of, of being a photographer. Um, but it's really not, you know, I think there was one of the lecturers at the ICP. He said, um, the photograph is one, 1% the lens 0.1% the camera and 99% the, the eye. Um, you know, and the, you look at, you know, you get a, a great photographer, they'll take one picture at a wedding and that's going to blow away every other photo taken there by... A jobbing wedding photographer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, you know, um, and, and now everybody's got cameras and everybody's... Mm. Using everybody's got a phone. And everybody's got a phone. And it's, you know, you take... And, and I had to... I, you know, I, I started using medium format digital cameras. Um, and a lot of what I learned from that was you've got to concentrate more, much more on each photo, not just put it on a drive and, and 
shoot a lot more. So I've sort of, you know, I'd say in the last 20 years, I've gone, you know, I'll do a shoot and I'll take, you know, 1500 shots. Now I'll take 150 shots. Yeah. Um, and it's helped me concentrate a lot more. You don't rely on kit. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone's always like, what camera should I buy? And I'm like, mm. the manual camera. You know, only buy a camera that you can only <laughs> shoot manual on. Yeah. Never have anything in auto. I mean, I've, you know, now my eyes are going. I'm, I'm wearing my 10 pound <laughs> cheap pharmacy glasses. <laughs> and I've only, you know, and I've been taking photos since, you know, the 80s, early yeah. 80s. And I've only just started using autofocus. I mean, there wasn't autofocus when I was mm. shooting skateboards. So you, you're shooting everything manually, basically? Uh, yeah. I was everything manually, but mm. now I'm using autofocus. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm using mirrorless cameras a lot. I now interesting went over yeah. to mirrorless for yeah. a lot of my work. Yeah. Um, and I'm shooting digital and it's good. I like uh, video. So I'm liking, you know, video on, on mirrorless cameras is, is pretty cool now. Um, um, what advice would you give to an amateur photographer? If you said something, there's one thing you can do to improve your images and don't say Photoshop or Lightroom. <laughs> what, what would you do? You know, is, is there a mistake that you see a lot of amateurs making? Um, pro probably shooting too much and, and just not, you know, Photoshop is the last resort, you know, mm. you've, you know, you've got to get in camera 99% of that image. Mm. Um, you know, and people are always saying, can I fix this in Photoshop? No, if, if it's, if it's wrong, you're not going to fix it in Photoshop. Mm. You just do a fine tuning in Photoshop. Um, but you know, and probably the mistake is going for the latest gear, going for the latest technology. Like the mm. guy you said, you know, he's like, look at my, look at this, look at this. Who gives a shit? You know, what you want to say is look at the photo I took. Um, you know, uh, again, back, back to the ICP, when we, the first day when we had to introduce ourselves, the, um, the lecturer, so one of the guys said to the lecturer, what's the best camera? And the lecturer just looked at him and without any hesitation said, the one you've got in your hand when the aliens land. <laughs> <laughs> and I always loved that. It's such a great quote. Like what, what are your favorite places to take? Photographs. I mean, obviously, you live in Chile, which is a very beautiful country, and I know you kind of fell in love with South Africa when you were there. Was it just before the pandemic, wasn't it? Have you ever been to Tuscany? Where everyone says the lights amazing in Tuscany, and I, I agree with that. But probably the best light in Europe is is Tuscany. Um, and I was there, but before I was taking wine photos, mm. um, I was just travelling. I was travelling. You know, it was eighty five, and I. But I remember thinking, "Wow, this place is great," um, and mm. I keep meaning to go back. Um, and oh, hopefully I will one day, but, but it's known a lot of photographers say the best light in Europe is, is, is Tuscany. It's Tuscany. Yeah. And it's the rolling hills, you know, we've got Casablanca here and mm. stuff, but it's, um, where do you uh, think's the best light in the, in the new world? Uh, I mean, I mean the Atacama, Elki, Elki, you get great light. Rapa Nui, Easter Island. I've been to a few times. I don't know if you've been there. Have no, been I'd to love to go there. Um, but that has incredible light incredible sunsets incredible moonlight um crazy people <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like ceviche don't go no, Luckily, no, exactly. I, I love ceviche but. well i think sometimes wasn't it true that during the, the the lockdown during the pandemic there were people who were there on holiday couldn't get off for a year that basically nothing went in or out of easter island i mean there are worse places to be stuck but i'm not sure i want to spend a year there i mean 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the longest I've done, I think, is 10 days. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, um, I mean, you know, if I had cameras and that, I could probably do a year there, but, you know, it would have been quite an interesting project to do. Lockdown. Could Andrew make wine there? Any vineyards? Well, they're now making growing? wine. They're growing ah. vines in a volcano, a dis, uh, an extinct volcano. Um, the, yeah, you definitely need to get. I mean, that's. I mean, this, this is the thing I was, I was saying to this to you as a joke recently. But every time you come to Chile, I never see you. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a deliberate wine. <laughs> no, Chile. no, it's it's not me. They keep us apart. So I thought, yeah. I'm going to make a bloody wine. I'm gonna, oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, might yeah. make a barrel of wine. Tim's Folly or something. <laughs> so that you can show it to me. Just so yeah. you can taste it and, and then we can meet. That's a very good idea. <laughs> what are your projects? What have you got coming up? I think you're off to Australia, aren't you, pretty soon? Uh, two weeks Two weeks Sunday. Um, have you been before? Never, never. Um, so it's – but I've got a lot of friends there. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to see friends. I've got a few shoots on some wineries, a beer company. Um this is if my 408 visa comes through in time. Um, but uh, it's, um, it, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, mm -hmm. It's a long trip and I've got the worst flight ever. It's like 14-hour layover in LAX. So, oh, man. But That's I've got friends good. in LA, so I can go and see them. But I had to get a new visa. Now you have to get a visa for the US. Um, and it asked you, you have to give all your social media. So I had to, I thought, oh God, if they see my Twitter, I'm never going in. <laughs> or if they see that photograph of Grant Phelps with the, with the chainsaw. <laughs> but uh, they, they approved it yesterday, so. Okay, well, that's good. So that's the next thing. And any books coming out or exhibitions? Um, well, I, did, I worked on Amanda Barnes' book. Um, Very good book. And I did a lot of the chili photos for that. Um, South American Wine Guide, yeah. Really nice book. South American Wine Guide. And Amanda's such a good friend. You know, yeah. we, she st comes and stays with us a lot. And um, she, her and Andrea go off and taste all these wines. Um, but, um, but I'm hoping there's going to be another book soon. <laughs> another book soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I've got some videoing I'm doing for Polkora Sven, who I'm sure you know. I do. Um, yeah. Doing some filming next week with him. Um I've got a shoot with uh, Emiliana. Um, they've got some new wines coming out, so I've got to do some work with them. Busy man. Listen, have a great time in Australia. Next time, I see we're going to taste Tim's Folly, even if we don't taste the single barrel of Tim's Folly or the wine that Andrea makes on Easter Island that you've shot the label for. <laughs> I'm going to see you for beer and dinner, I promise. Definitely, definitely. All Excellent. Right. See you, mate. Thanks for sharing right. your passion for photography. Cheers. No worries, mate. Bye. Matt's led quite a life, hasn't he? If you want to look at some of his images, his website is mattwilson.cl. Next week on Cork Talk, my guest is Veronica Ortega from Bierzo in Spain. Join us then. Thanks for listening to Cork Talk. If you want to read more reports, articles and tasting notes by me, go to my website, timatkin.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at timatkin, and on Instagram, at Tim Atkin MW. See you next week.